0: what's up you guys welcome back to the contractor marketing show i'm your host matt tebow and today we've got a very special guest we got brian diamond from the contractor life academy how's it going brian
1: what's up matt man thanks for having me on i'm super excited to hang out with you for a little bit
0: absolutely i think we're gonna have like some really good chats guys if you don't know for whatever reason like who brian diamond is um He's pretty, uh, I would say, prevalent in the contractor coaching community or whatever you want to call it in this space. Um, I've actually had several discussions before with Brian and we've jumped in our Facebook groups and have some really good chats. And so I think that this is going to be a really good um, opportunity for a lot of you guys to learn what it looks like to really scale a construction company, because um, Brian is not just a coach who's kind of just teaching like some of this stuff. Um, he's definitely like in the trenches. He's you know, walked the walk. he's 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 proven uh, himself. He has the battle scars to prove it. So, um Brian, do you want to just kind of give people a real quick uh, uh, understanding of kind of the context of uh, who you are and what you do and all that?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I am the uh, founder and uh, and a coach in the contractor life academy. and and our goal there was it, back when I started my own company and was able to find some success from it. I worked previously at another multi-state, larger uh, home improvement company uh, that was very focused on scale, right, and growing their organization. And I just found that there is a a system and a process to getting it done. There is a a potential and a possibility to earn a seven-figure income, uh, really be in the business strictly from a, a visionary leadership kind of role, and uh, I felt like it was important that other contractors, you hear so many guys, there's a huge percentage, a majority of guys that are uh, less than uh, a million, $2 million in revenue, uh, barely making six figures. And there's a yeah. whole there's a whole nother side to this industry that uh, I didn't feel like people knew was possible. So yeah, the Contractor Life Academy is really born out of the passion of being able to educate, show people, and give them a framework of how to, how to get there. Uh, so it's yeah. been a, a really cool journey so far. Yeah,
0: man. And, and yeah, and like, I appreciate everything that you're putting out. So what I want to talk to today um, is really like this concept of building your pipeline, building up a funnel um, that's going to give you like consistent lead flow, enough lead flow to scale. And then I was thinking we can talk a little bit about the sales side of things too. I think there's a lot of misconceptions on both sides. Um, And so first off, I would kind of just want to start off with like a vague question. Um, So for you, like what's kind of your philosophy when it comes to marketing and construction business at a high level, what does that kind of look like for you? Um, Maybe talk a little bit about like what your expectations are for marketing and what that looks like from your perspective.
1: Yeah, for for me, I would say that uh, in in my experience, leads and sales is the game. Uh, Most of the people that are coming into the construction industry come from a production background. Yeah, uh, they're trades guys primarily, and so they may not necessarily understand the concept of lead generation, the importance of having a sales strategy methodology, like converting that into something that goes into the pipeline. Yeah, and so I always encourage you guys if you're in the industry, you haven't had coaching on marketing or or sales, that that's a great place to start because most often they have the fulfillment side figured out. Yeah, so initially, you know, companies start out as production companies, right? They're getting together with family and friends big referral base prices are typically lower so they are getting some traction from a sales side because it's a, pr- a price based transaction yeah uh, and once they get that figured out then you have to generate as many opportunities as you possibly can as quickly as you can as consistently as you can yeah. so the bigger the pipeline uh the bigger the potential to be able to hit goals um objectives uh, revenue, personal income, things like that. And that's what I love about you is you kind of have this keep pressing abundance, uh, kind of mindset when it comes to lead generation, um, versus some companies, coaches, agencies that really focus on trying to throttle that down and find that one perfect client. Yeah. Uh, how about we just find all the clients let's get them all right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a common kind of pain point, I guess for us is that, We're working with contractors a lot of the time that have like a smaller team. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we constantly have to have this discussion of, hey, guys, let's not restrict the lead flow, like let's get let's keep the funnel at the top. Really, um, you know, as many people coming through there and then we get an appointment setter or someone who can just kind of filter through some of those real quick and see, okay, like this is a project we want to take on or maybe this one's not a good fit but you don't want to choke the funnel at the top, right? Mm -hmm. And so as a lot of time we'll get people like right now we've got this one client who's actually crushing it. But in the beginning we had to do a lot of education because he's like, Hey guys, can we set up a way like on the lead form ad, like where someone can submit like a picture of their project and like all of this stuff so I can see if it's something I want to do. And I was like, dude, dude, like that comes on the phone. Like when you're on a phone call with someone, then you can say, send me over the pictures of the project and all that but we're not gonna do that right in the beginning because we want the lowest barrier to entry as possible for someone, right?
1: Yep, 100%. And that is that is kind of a thing that's going around, right? It's it's let's do as much as we can to vet their interest. How mm-hmm. intentional are they? How, um, you know, are is this somebody who's actually going to move forward with the process as opposed to they're in a discovery mode? We don't want people mm-hmm. in discovery, we want people in action mode. And and I feel like our job as contractors is to take people's interest, uh, an idea of something that may be possible, and give them inspiration to get them to a point of converting and saying, this is something that I want to do. And I want to do it now, and I want to do it with you. Mm-hmm. In one of our lead results for our sales guys, uh, there's a, a, a questionnaire. When they result their leads, they have to fill out this little questionnaire, little drop downs. And the reasons that they feel they did not convert that opportunity into a partnership. And one, two of those is did not create need and did not create urgency. Mm. So I don't need a client to be to have a sense of urgency. I really don't even need a client to have a sense that they absolutely have to have it. I just need a client to have a an idea that it is something that they might desire. And what do I do with this feeling that I have? Right. We'll take care of the rest. Just get us in front of that person. We'll yeah. create the environment for a, a conversion or a uh, a partnership. Mm,
0: that's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, You mentioned earlier, you know, when we were chatting, you were saying a lot of contractors are craftsmen. And so the marketing and sales component of it is something that doesn't really come naturally for a lot of them. Um, And, you know, it's like and I know it because like a lot of the guys that we're working with, too, will introduce something like a CRM or will introduce something like just some simple call scripts or something that like can aid in that. And so what are some of the first steps that you would give someone who's like, you know, focused on their craftsmanship like they don't really understand? It's like, what are some of the first things that you would typically look at to start teaching someone to make that shift to introducing marketing and sales? Like when you're working with someone,
1: is there anything specific
0: you do? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I always encourage people if they have the time and they have the financial resources to do it, just get sales training.
0: Yeah,
1: 100%. It, right off the rip. And, and the reason is because when guys are trades guys, they're new to running their own business, Yeah, they typically sell and they're USP, the, they feel the motivator to uh, get that partnership is having a price that's attractive. Yeah. The challenge with that is when they're doing that, they have a very low GP, a gross profit percentage that that provides very little growth capital to the business. Right. So we always want them to get off of the tools as fast as they can, but there has to be resources. There has to be enough room in the gross profit profile to be able to bring that person on. Because most of the time, the money that they're making is they're charging a labor rate their own labor rate to be on that job yeah and so we always want like let's get some sales training in place right on right away because now we can sell at a higher profit margin or contribution cash shows up which allows for scaling and marketing yeah let's put some money into a marketing campaign and start making some investments there let's get somebody on the tools so now you can start working on the business and as that marketing starts to come into play, you can go run those appointments and have the time and availability to do that. Yeah, they're typically getting very few leads to begin with in the first place. Exactly. And so let's try to figure out how to get the most juice out of the squeeze of these opportunities that they do get. Because eventually you can only get so many referrals. Yeah, you can only get so many friends and family to buy things until now you have to start being intentional about actually running a business that has a marketing strategy. Yeah. Now, some people don't have those resources. So what we want to try to convert people from a mentality standpoint is, uh, you know, we're the I'm the best craftsman on the block, I've got the best prices on the block, we're going to do an exceptional job, we have a two year labor warranty, or we have a money, but whatever it is, so does everybody else. Mm. A job well done is the minimum standard of somebody that's expecting (laughs) you to transform their space. That's nothing fantastic. They're expecting you to be a decent human being. Uh, they're expecting you to have a level. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm very transparent. Well, they they hope that you are, right? That's just what we expect of the person we're sitting across the table from, right? So what I've learned is that people want to feel a certain way, and I've had guys. You know, I, I we we're homeowners too. We have to make decisions for contractors. So when I'm talking to a guy about the potential of them working on my home. I'm looking for somebody that I feel has a genuine interest in trying yeah. to help me solve my problem. And when the crap hits the fan that they're going to be somebody that doesn't ghost or disappear, but they're going to say, Man, we really screwed that up. You know, this isn't really turned out the way we hope it would. But uh, yeah. you know, I'm gonna stick to it, man. So let's figure out how to make this thing happen. Yeah. Figure out how to make it work. So I'm always encouraging them if you can show up and have a conversation with somebody that number one says, I have no intention of being here other than to help you find a solution to your problem. Yeah. yeah. How do I take my background, my experience, my industry knowledge, all the things I've gleaned over my 10, 20 years in the industry and help you come up with a path to get what you desire. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. it may not even be me. I don't know. We haven't got that far yet. Yeah. And even if it isn't, that's okay. We still got a lot of accomplished and I I may have a solution at that point. You can choose and and figure out if I'm the right one. Yeah. The purpose of that is that when you show up and you have that and you're able to convey that the information that you're sharing with the client, they're, they're better able to receive it because they don't feel that it's tainted with an agenda. Yeah. So that builds trust.
0: Yeah. That's so true yeah
1: so if we um, can get to that point the solution is the solution but now they feel like you know what if this guy is telling me that this is a thing that I, I at least can trust that and i can trust that i feel like he's going to do a good job because i, I believe in him and what he's saying
0: yeah i love what you said there because the other day i was talking to a painting contractor and he was saying like man the economy is contracting i'm really feeling it um there's like so many illegals in our city. So they're just like undercutting our prices. So I think I'm just going to have to like lower our prices to be able to meet like and compete with
1: chest pains. (laughs) I
0: I know. Right. And so I was like trying to um, give him the understanding of like, no, man, this is where like branding and sales. This is like where all of this comes in to help you from that, because you're just stuck in this mindset of seeing yourself as a commodity that like yeah, we just do painting the same and it's just a price related things like you were talking about brian there's paint, so many right? things,
1: just paint paint brushes that's paints paint right
0: there's so many things that you can do to add value and e- that value can even just be like during the sales process of just being like so what exactly are you looking for and like what's your vision like those other guys aren't doing that
1: no not at all and, and yeah. i i've worked with a painting contractor outside of baton rouge and uh, a and super nice guy, you know, successful business was going well. And for one reason or, or another, it just kind of turned and that was some of the conversation, right? The markets harder appointments are, are harder to obtain people aren't as motivated as they used to. Uh, you know, they're always looking for the cheaper thing. And I never ran into that in the past. And so they blame it on the market. Mm-hmm. But what I told them is I said, our our potential clients our prospects, the market will train us to mm-hmm. think a certain way if we let it. Uh-huh. And then that starts to affect our mentality and the lens in which we look at opportunity. And uh-huh. we can't let the market train us to have a scarcity mindset. Uh-huh. And the, the the conversation then is when we go out, we we did some comparative demos, I went out with them on a couple calls. And it's the conversation changed from the paint and the color and the type of paint and how we apply the paint and all of these things to Mary come over to this space right here when with this space that you want to transform when you walk into this space how do you want to feel what do you want to feel when you turn the corner and you walk in here yeah and when you visualize the lighting that you have and and are you going to keep this furniture are you going to change the furniture out and who spends time in this space why is this space important to you what kind of memories have you made in this space why do you think it's important that you change the color of this space what what are you hoping that it's going to do is it just it needs a refresh well why does it need a refresh yeah and if you are going to refresh it what's going to happen to make you feel like it's refreshed what does that mean
0: yeah
1: so we take people away from the technical aspect of the build yeah right, and the project, and we start to get them to understand that there's an emotional connection to the reason that they're going to do the project. And then when once we understand that, our conversations have to be tied around how we can help make that emotional connection, the desire that they have for change or reality. Yeah. And then when we run into price objections, when we run into some challenges, yeah. Uh, whether it's painting, or let's say it's uh, outdoor patio spaces, I did this with a client, um out in texas is standing out there and saying joe what do you see when you're visualizing this outdoor space who's out here is it family is it friends where are they at is are they out by the fire pit who's sitting over at the table who's at the outdoor kitchen is that you cooking or is it a buddy of yours and let me walk out and let me is is the outdoor space going to be this far out from the back of the oh keep walking okay it's this far okay and how wide is it Oh, and where is everything? Are you spending time in the evening or 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 in the middle of the day? Do we need some shade cover? And then once we start talking about pricing, well, Joe, this is you are probably looking at about eighty to one hundred and ten thousand dollars, depending on selection. Oh my gosh, there's no way. I mean, I I didn't plan on anything more than forty thousand dollars. Okay, well here, come come walk into this space with me. Do you see it? You see the fire pit. You see the outdoor kitchen. Okay, turn this way for me. Just turn this way. Everything behind you is gone. Mm. It doesn't exist. So let me ask you: If you were going to invest forty to fifty thousand dollars just in this, the 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 eight foot table's gone. The outdoor kitchen's gone. The pergola's gone with the lighting. You know, when when dusk comes and the lights turn on. Now, where are those people hanging out? Is there enough room around the fire pit Damn, for everybody? that's crazy. Right? Wow. Well, gosh, yeah, I really, I didn't think of it like that. Do you feel like if you invested $50,000 in this space that it would even be worth 50,000? Or would you walk out into this space and say, you know what, this was a waste of my money. I can't believe I, I did that.
0: I should have just got exactly what I wanted.
1: Yep, 100%. Yeah. So, can, can we have an emotional connection To the difference in the dollars yeah so now the question becomes do you want us to build this to your budget or are we designing this to your dream Mm -hmm. because the last thing i want our clients to do is walk out into this beautiful new space and say you know what i wish i would have i really should have right when when we can make some decisions to make that a reality and you'll walk out here every single time and feel like you know what i'm glad i did yeah so what do you think our next step is? Where do we go from here? And so now we take away this, we're, we're not apologizing. We're not trying to figure out how to take an $80,000 space yeah. and turn it into a $60,000 space. And guess where that money comes from? It comes from our family and it comes from our dream. So why should I have to fund somebody else's dream? It doesn't make any sense. Right. So if we can get contractors, even if they don't go into sales training, if just think, we're dream builders. Yeah. And when you have a conversation, I'll guarantee you there's not a single painting contractor, that they've worked with me, that's going to take somebody into space and say, how do you want to feel when you walk in here? Yeah. Why is that important to you? So that's what differentiates yourself. For sure. That's what makes the difference.
0: That's really cool. So my next question for you is like, When we're working with clients, we work pretty hard to try and communicate that experience from a marketing perspective, Mm because that's like the sales side. So from a marketing side, we try and like create some of that vision or like discussion or differentiation, like on the front end as much as we can, because we don't want someone to reach out for, for example, patios. We don't want someone to reach out and say, how much does it cost per square foot? We want someone to reach out and say like hey i'm looking for like a a backyard oasis like we want to frame even the the initial discussion you know like so so what are some things that you you have maybe you recommend or you find on the marketing side would be able to like start that like start that frame rather than them come in or does it matter at all i'm just curious on your
1: As as you were asking the question, I kind of went down both paths, right? Number one, does it really matter? Yeah. Uh, And number two, if it does matter, then what do we do about it? Yeah. And the things that I think about number one is I I want all of our clients to be able to give us a video testimonial about their experience and working with us. The reason behind that is it's hard to be able to transfer the emotion behind the transformation on a Google review.
0: Yeah, for sure. But if
1: I can get them to leave me a review and ask them questions that stir up a little bit of emotion, yeah, then that's what's going to connect to people. We don't, I mean, you're, you're, you're a guy that reads a lot, right? You watch podcasts, follow people that inspire. We don't do that because there's some technical thing that they give us. It's because either the guests that they have or the message that they had connects with us in a different way. That's personal. And it means something, right? So if in our marketing, we have an opportunity to allow our clients to be the creator of that emotion through maybe a video, uh, that's a great way to do it. And we can ask questions, what were some things that you were wow. hoping to change? And why that wasn't important? And how did you feel about the transformation? What's your favorite part of it? What were you hoping to accomplish? Who's going to be spending time in this space? And how's space? And how's it going to change the way your family lives here? So that's one thing. Yeah. Uh, the another the other thing I asked one of the sales guys I was uh, coaching is uh, what kind of emotional connecting words are we using in your marketing mm-hmm. amazing inspiring yeah. um, transformational uh, changes the way that we are going to raise our kids in the home uh, memory creators right are you looking for a, a a new kitchen or a place to create memories right uh think about your most uh, inspiring memories as a kid i have memories of being in a in a kitchen or a, a space in our home and, and that connects with me so if we can take people through our marketing channels back to a time when yeah that was a positive experience for them and now they that they desire that for their family i think there's a a pretty unique opportunity and using video or the right kind of words is 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 as a big deal
0: yeah absolutely
1: uh, and if it doesn't, let's say it doesn't matter, or let's say that's hard to figure out, uh, and, and there's a path of determining, like, how do we AB test that, right? And get the results we want. Yeah. Um, when I think about getting leads, what I need is I need uh think about this, a homeowner had a desire for change. They got on the computer and they started Googling, researching. They, they saw something that resonated with them in an ad, Right. Uh, They clicked on it, went to your website, filled out the web form, took your call, entertained the conversation, and set an appointment. It's
0: pretty amazing.
1: Right. And then we want to say, well, I don't know if they're good enough for us to go out and talk to. (laughs) If they're quite quite ready to do something, they're quite our kind. They might be tire kickers. Let me pre-qualify them with 37 questions to make sure. Right, I'm not ready if they're ready to make a decision yet. For the love of how much time, effort, energy, and money went into think about you and your team and your people, or how how passionate you are about just creating an opportunity. Yeah. And then the guy goes, Well, he just wasn't my client. What? Crazy. what yeah. right? So yeah. what we want to do is we want to show up and we want to ask questions. Yeah. All I need is a homeowner that has a desire to make a change. Yeah. That is on title to the home that anybody involved in this scope, as far as making decisions, selections, going to be using the space, going to create memories there has yeah. a, a, a a leg in the budgetary conversation to be present, Yeah. Uh, a source of income, who cares where it's at. Uh, let's show up and let's then create change and inspire them to then move forward into the next step of whatever our process is. Yeah. And so I don't I don't get too worried about how do we create this emotional connection only because we have a process on the back end that's going to take care of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very, very well said. Yeah. Um, Every now and then what I'll do is I will um, do like an audit of clients, like how they are booking their appointment setting. So like that could be through messenger. So like leads that come through, like how are they booking those appointments? Or it can be just like seeing how they're handling the calls and just see what those discussions are going like. And most often I would say they're doing what you were kind of talking about as an error is they're pre-qualifying a lot up front, like a lot of pre-qualification. So through Messenger, like kind of like what I said, send me all these pictures. What's your budget? Like all this stuff. And it's like all of this is happening through Messenger without even like meeting or anything like that or even just having a real phone call so you know i don't I, need a
1: picture matt i'm gonna show up yeah I, i'll see what they're trying to accomplish right uh i don't need to know what their budget is but here here's the thing about the budget conversation yeah i would um, love to know
0: that from you yeah
1: why would we expect think about the complexity of what it takes to uh, build a deck remodel the kitchen or a bathroom um you know the, the even the complexity of paint, like people paint as paint right But it's not there's a lot of nuance there that's going to determine what the outcome looks like right and the longevity of everything else why would we expect a homeowner to be able to then adequately determine the price that it takes or the money it takes to be able to get that done how do we expect a homeowner to do an adequate takeoff of a whole home remodel and then go man i got a pretty good sense of what this is going to take an example we bought a we bought a house built in 1884. Uh, it was a transitionary home as we were thinking about building. And my wife's like, "I think I want to stay here. I I like this house." And I said, "Okay, well, I mean, we might need to put an addition on it." She says, hundred percent." So we're talking about it. What would we like? What would we like to do? And what is it mm-hmm. going to look like, and etc. And uh, and she says, "Well, you know, so for that one hundred fifty thousand dollars, like, would we pay cash for it? Do you think we get a loan for it? Like, what would we do?" And I said, hundred fifty thousand dollars for what?" And she's like, "The the addition." And I'm like. <laughs> This it's going to be $350,000 plus. Whoa. She's like, What? For an addition? What? And I'm like, Katie, it's bolting on a, almost another house. Wow. To this, right? Like, where did you get on? She's like, I don't know. I just, and in that, right yeah. then in that moment, I was like, mm, this is what 80% of the market is like. Yeah. Well, Right. So if somebody had, if, if I had said, Hey, Katie, you know what? I'm busy. I got podcasts. I got things going on. Can you reach out to some, here's a list of some guys to call and, and try to set up some appointments or get some conversations going. If they had said, Hey, Katie, what's your budget for this edition? Right. This thing that you guys are, and she said $150,000. They would have disqualified her qualified. Yeah. They would have disqualified her as opposed to if, if there was an a me in the picture that had a good sense, because I might have been a husband that thought $150,000 as well. Yeah. So what our job is, is to go out and simply realign expectations. Yeah. To say, Mary, uh, Katie, I, I'm 100%. I, I can see where uh, you have an expectation, an idea that maybe this is $150,000. But could I share some maybe case studies or some third party non bias kind of sources of information that might help you realign kind of what it takes to get this done. Sure, because now they can receive the information. You've come yeah. with no agenda. So anything that they you tell them, they, they're gonna believe it to be true. So now we realign their price impression to go now that you know that it's $350,000 plus, where do we go from here? Yeah, and people will say, well, they they the, the homeowner's, are, oh, it's way too much and maybe, maybe we shouldn't do this. And then they dip and then they go away and then the thing didn't turn into anything. But how about we just sit and think about, well, what's the emotional connection to that? Where do you feel like that space is needed or that the space you have, is it adequate? And is there an opportunity or a possibility that we could maybe change, take a couple walls down or do some interior remodeling to the footprint that you have now that's going to be able to allow you to create those memories or have, the style of living that you desire yeah like why can't we pivot a little bit right but i can't do that over the phone if i if i disqualify people
0: so i can already hear a contractor though saying something like well that sounds great brian but i've got like a small team i don't have the time to talk to like every single lead or go out to like every single job i'm only i'm Mm -hmm. still on the tools i've only got so much time like what you're suggesting sounds like it's gonna take up a lot of my time. Like, what do I do then? You know?
1: Uh, solve the problem. <laughs> Love it. Solve the problem. Why is that? Right. Is that because you're on the tools? Solve the problem. Get somebody mm. on the tools. Is that because you don't have the you know, you're you're still managing jobs even though you've got some trades guys or subs on it? Get a PM uh is that because you don't have uh you got all those in place but you have too many leads or you have to be choosy with your time because you're trying to grow your business get a sales guy don't know how to do any of that hire somebody to help you that's what happens as we get into this yeah yes yeah we get into the hamster wheel of well i want to do this but i can't do this because i don't have that or can't do that so i'm just going to reside in this place that i've been in that's why you see contractors that have been in business for i'm like how long have you been how much are you making right now about eighty thousand how many hours are you working mm, probably 60. how long have you been How long have you owned the business seven years huh seven years yeah what what's happened in seven years that you haven't been able to extract yourself from yeah that that wheel that you're in that's that spinning cycle um so i would tell i believe in the pre-qualification process yeah. when you're in that position yeah you do have to be choosy with your time For sure. Right. In the middle of that, great. But then what are you going to do to get yourself out of the position that that is a real construct of your business? Yeah. That's my advice.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good advice. That's kind of like what we try and like plant the seed of when we're working with someone. Because if we see that they start being really choosy with the leads and they're saying like, because I don't have the time and stuff, then that's something where then we'll say something along that lines too, where we're like, okay, like that's fine for now, but like you're going to cap eventually. So like, how are we growing you from here? You know, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like something almost like a bit of a red flag for us. Like you were talking about, like, you know, a contractor who has been in business for like 10, 15 years, like sometimes and it's like they've kind of been like around 100 K. It's like okay, like we're going to have to really work on the way that they're thinking about marketing and sales and growing because like, a lot of these guys just kind of like are still in that like craftsman mentality. Yeah,
1: and I I love the craft. I mean, we have to have in our end, we have to have the craftsman. Yeah. Like we have to have the guys that are passionate about the trade skill side of it to be able to, because really they are the executors of all the dream building that we do sitting at the kitchen table. Right, they're the delivery system, ultimately, and they're probably spending more time with the client than we are as a sales guy, yeah, or a CEO, right so uh that's a vitally important component, but I also know when I started my business, that was one of the first things that I figured out was get a group of subs and get a pm okay because I'm not a trades guy. So I needed to make sure that that delivery system, that fulfillment center that uh, of all these dreams I'm creating is top notch, because we have to be consistent in our core values and the delivery and the dreams that we create. Yeah. So if you're a trades guy and you don't have a lot of experience in marketing or sales, uh, then... You know, be reaching out for resources and try and implement some systems. But the one thing I would tell people is if you can simply convey your interest in helping people find a solution to their problem without any agenda other than helping them get onto the right thing, even if it's not you, and if you are a good fit, then show them the opportunity, people will pay a little bit more for that. Yeah. So you don't have to go from 30. There's a, a coach out that was like, oh, we got to go 50% gross profit. And I called him. I said, here's the problem. You're going to sell guys sh- that need to sell at 50% gross profit or they're not winning, but they don't know how yeah. So they've been selling at 30. And when you try to get them to go to 50, they don't have the skill set. Yeah. So they're going to hear more no's and they hear yeses when they're yeah. going to revert back to the 30%. Yeah. So let's make some incremental small changes Mm -hmm. and start eking them up on a gross profit or a multiplier Mm -hmm. or a markup, however, they're going to do it to get to that point.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? Because all you need is just a little bit of change, just a small building up that pot to be able to get uh, a PM in. And Mm -hmm. the other way to do it is you just pay them a percentage of the job. You can just get your GP to go up a percentage, you know, 5% or something.
0: Yeah. You can bring a
1: PM in and almost sub them out and say, hey, if you could manage these three projects with these three subgroups here, I'll give you a percentage off of each of them. Yeah. And now you're not committed to a payroll if you don't have a bunch of work coming in and it's kind of spotty, but now you're building a relationship and have somebody helping you out.
0: Yeah. I mean, where there's a will, there's a way, right? I think a lot of the Mm -hmm. time they're just kind of like, like you were saying on the hamster uh, wheel. You mentioned, uh, you, know, you were saying like a lot of guys are told to like raise the profit that they're making on that job, but then they won't land it so that they revert back. We experienced something pretty similar too where a contractor is listening to podcasts saying like, charge what you're worth, like charge more, blah, So then they do that, but they don't have the lead flow or positioning to sustain that. Like it's good advice, but they don't have like enough leads coming through or the right positioning to be to be able to actually charge that. So then what happens is they just stop closing jobs and then they panic and then they backtrack. Like they I was have, talking uh, to, a, yeah, I was talking to a guy the other uh, week who had that problem. He's like, yeah, I raised my prices because like I'm doing this coaching program. The guy says like charge, you know, premium prices. But then I was looking at his positioning and like just the languaging that he's using on some of the marketing. And it's like, no, man, there's a complete disconnect here too, yeah. right? On the branding. Yeah, anyway, so.
1: That's all I was going to say. There's there's a disconnect. Right? Yeah. There has to be consistency in uh, in brand. It's, it's really this full 360 kind of vision that you have to create. Uh, there's a, a guy that I think I'm thinking of bringing on as a partner in the Contractor Life Academy from a marketing side, and his passion is just uh, the branding side, really locking mm. CEOs, owners of contracting businesses into what really is your brand. Yeah, like what do you what What does it represent to you? And what do you want it re- to represent to the community? And then once you get that clarity, then how do you build your core values and your processes and the way that you guys operate and, and the language that you use internally? And, and how do you communicate that to the client? And then how does that then transfer over to your brand messaging and marketing? Yeah. And then you can't create this avatar that the client sees and the community sees. But then once they Become partners with you. It's you know what I mean. It's incongruent. <laughs> it's, like, and it's a crap yeah. show. It's kind of like dating, right? We're always going to put on yeah. our best thing until you <laughs> yeah. know, we take them out, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's a crap show," right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's then we're like, "Oh my gosh, what happened?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why, did, why did they bail, bail at dessert, right? Um. So yeah, I think it's vitally important, and and marketing for me is uh, one thing. What we coach on is people will will market. They'll get the leads in. They'll sell. They'll collect the cash and then it'll sit mm. it'll sit in an account and it'll it'll they'll stack it and then i say well what are you doing on the marketing side what's that what's that money sitting there well that's that's where that's i was putting that aside for marketing well why aren't you putting it out into the atmosphere to let it work for you so if i've got a twenty thousand dollar job that i sold and i know my general marketing costs will just use 10 percent. And I, and I collect that money and I complete the work, I don't, it's what, the 10th? I don't want that $2,000 to sit in an account until I'm like, okay, well, here's my marketing spend for December, right? I wanna take that $2,000 and ship it to Matt. Matt, turn this, do something with it, mm. help, help me make money. But if I know I'm operating at a 10% net profit, hopefully 15 and 20 is even better, I'm going to shave two, three, 4% off of that 20 grand. I'm going to take another 800 bucks and I'm going to stack it on that 2,000 that I'm shipping you. And then when I get the next job done, I'm going to take that 2,000 plus another 800 and I'm going to ship it back to you. And now all of a sudden I got two jobs. So now I'm going to take 2,000 and 2,000 plus 1,000 and 1,000 and ship it to you. And I'm going to keep stacking and parlaying. So if you just make those, we talk about habits, right? One habit after another, repeated often enough, becomes a lifestyle, right? A change. So what about taking two to three percent of your net and then just shipping it over into your marketing campaigns? So that way you're going at five hundred dollars a month to a thousand to two thousand to four thousand to twelve thousand to to twenty thousand. Wow. So and don't stop until the market gives you the finger and says we're not giving you any more money and spend whatever you want for not giving you any more leads. And and then you can decide what to do from there.
0: Yeah, something that, um, you know, is like a bit of a challenge for us is that we've got some clients who kind of see what we do with marketing as like a faucet. Like, I need leads now. Turn, the, yeah. turn it on. And then like we start and then we'll go for like a couple months and they'll be like, all right, I don't need any more. We're busy. And like, turn it off. And it's like, we do it because I want to accommodate like what they need and stuff. But I, like, kindly suggest to them, I say, like, hey, man, like, we should probably keep this going so then you have the consistency to actually, like, build a team and stuff, like, because when you're doing the stop-start thing, now it's, like, you're losing all the momentum that we're, like, building with everything, especially for Facebook ads because it's, like, a... Mm-hmm. Like, we're putting an ad in front of someone and, like, the momentum of ads building, like, the repetition of it and seeing it, all the different ads, so...
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't... um. When I started my business, I used the Profit First model, and I encourage a lot of my clients to use the Profit First model, and here's the reason why. If I get a deposit, that, that money isn't mine. That, that's not my money. That money is the client's money because they may ask for it back, right? Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that needs to go to pay for material and labor, because that's, that's what it's meant for. It's not meant to pay my bills. The other thing I do is, is I have a marketing account and so whenever that job gets completed, if I have again a marketing spend of uh, you know 10% uh, on a $20,000 job, that $2,000 goes into that account. So the two places that I don't recognize money, cash, is whatever's in that deposit account and whatever's in my marketing account. Why is that? Because I cannot not spend money on marketing. I cannot, I cannot afford not to continue to generate opportunities for my company. But marketing tends to be the easiest thing to turn on and off. Mm-hmm. I can't turn off on and off an employee's salary. Yeah. I can't turn on and off the lease from my building and I can't turn on and off the payment for the truck or the gas that goes in it. Right. But I can call and be like, hey man, let's just hold off for a month. You know what I mean? Things are a little yeah. I've got a bunch of jobs, in the pipeline, I'm trying to get them through. Right. So why don't you take those deposits and put them in an account? Why don't you take that marketing money and put it in account and then learn how to run your business over what's left? Because if I do that, uh, we had a $40 million uh, roofing company in Omaha go bankrupt. Cash flowed themselves right out of business. Left 40 people without a project that had made the deposits that the money no longer exists, Hmm. left suppliers with a seven figure bill that isn't going to get paid. And, and as industry guys, they're probably not going to be able to exist in this industry anymore that they've been in for 20 plus years. Right, where, do you, where do you go from there? So that being the case, how do you protect yourself against that or how do you make sure there's always an opportunity? If I'm always able to generate an opportunity that I can turn into a, a job in my pipeline, that I have the deposit to be able to build labor and material, I'll never go out of business. It's impossible because even if I run out of money and I'm like, sorry, guys, I don't have any payroll, mm. right? Uh, we don't have money for the lease and I don't have money for the truck and the truck's actually getting repo. if you look out there, right? What I can do is I can still go find a sub, order the material, get the job done and know that there's still calls coming into my phone or email showing up of somebody looking for a, a project to be right going and landing the plane on that people can't stop marketing yeah you you cannot stop investing money and even if you don't have a lot and you have a little you can still do something with a little because if you keep okay. parlaying it it'll turn yeah. into a lot eventually yeah right and we're our best marketers
0: for sure yeah
1: right little very well off.
0: said yeah something
1: to be said for that right
0: yeah very well said Um, just to kind of, you know, close things off, we talked a lot about like the front end of things. So like marketing sales on like a lot of the front end, Um, something that I've personally found that I find contractors struggle with is like follow up, right? So either they called a lead and that that lead didn't answer right away. And then on the first call, they're like, all right, whatever, like, that's good. Hey Matt, like these leads aren't aren't any good or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the second thing is that they deliver the estimate, and then the person's like, yeah, you know, I got to think about it or whatever. Like, can we? Can you get back to me in a month? And I would say probably like seven out of ten contractors that I ask, like, do you have any kind of system like after that happens, like to follow up? And they're just like, oh, I just try and remember. So oh, talk a little bit about the follow up side of things because I think that there's so much money in in the follow-up like you know one of the first things we do with the client is we just ask them hey do you have like previous estimates and like leads already like organized because we can just shoot out an email to all of them and just say hey do you want some work done so then like we can just get you some money real quick off the bat so i'm just curious like tell me a little bit about like for follow-up like some of your philosophy there
1: yeah, it's interesting you say that because if guys talk about some cash flow crunches or pipeline challenges or whatever it is, that's my first go to. Yeah, right. Yeah. Have you tapped into your database?
0: But they don't um, have one a lot of the time. It's like it's like yeah. <laughs> there's
1: there's something to that as well. So here's kind of what we think about on the fall. Follow- I'll give you an example. We contacted a guy recently that uh, what would be seven. What is this? Twenty twenty three. 2015 is when he came into our pop pipeline we had emailed text him and made a, a a phone call to his contact information uh 72 times before he picked up the phone and then he picked up the phone and he cussed my call center out <laughs> <laughs> what are You guys dude you've been calling me for for seven years now it's a 70 phone calls of the and uh i'll see if i can get the file and send it to you and she says uh well joe you know you, you reached out to us and said you were trying to get a project done and she says man we've called you over 60 70 times just trying to give you good customer service right so you know now that i got you on the phone how are you <laughs> i mean how am i you know you're good guy you got me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She says, well tell me about your project how, how did you get that done no i haven't got it done yet oh oh that's what she said oh really okay <laughs> right she got a hot one here so uh yeah uh, later that week we went out and wrapped up a project for joe for 20 some odd thousand dollars
0: no way
1: yeah it, it there's we we generate uh we're probably close to seven figures if not a little bit more i could go back and get the data on rehashing yeah simply rehashing we have a big database right we churn yeah. a lot of numbers through that rehash program but there was some guys that come into the academy and then they'll say, look, I'm really struggling. Uh, we're experiencing these challenges. and usually it has to do around cash or pipeline or whatever it is. Yeah. And so what I'll give them is, a, we call it a reactivation script. In fact, mm. if you want, what I'll do is I'll uh, get you a link to it or get it to you if you want to provide it to uh, your yeah, clients. In, in the
0: comments, I can put it, yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. And so what that is, that. is it's literally the cadence and the scripts to be able to reach out to people. And we get it for three three categories number and you can do this this is what i tell them to do go under your phone get a little spreadsheet and take all of your leads Well, one guy says well so where are all your leads that you don't have a crm and he held up a stack of notebooks and i said all right your job is to go into your notebook take this and put them into a spreadsheet or That's hire someone to work. do it <laughs> yeah uh i said the next thing you do is i'm going to give you some scripts i said i want you to then copy and paste them whatever just put them in a note section on your phone And then in that spreadsheet, there's, it's going to be blue. And what it means is you can tap it and it'll call, right. It'll pop up an opportunity for your phone to call that number. So literally if you're sitting down to dinner, if you're in the bathroom, if you're waiting at a red light, whatever, you can just take that, tap it, copy paste, and then send this text message out. And if you just do that five times a day, five times, that's it. I guarantee you by the end of this month, within a 30 day rolling period, you're going to have at least fifty dollars to $100,000 of work show up in your pipeline. And it has never yet failed. I never believe yet that yet well. And what we're looking for is just a conversation. So you don't have to convert them over the phone. You just yeah. need a response. Yeah. The next stage is get them on the phone. And we do that for three categories. One category is people that you've given an estimate to that, that you communicated with and they told you no. The next one is the people that have ghosted you straight out. And then the other ones that have come into your pipeline, you've reached out to and just never connected with. And if they don't have a project, if, if they say, No, I, I did get it done, I did hire somebody else to do it. Great. Are there any other projects I could help get you some information on that's coming up for this year? Yeah, right. The other one might be, um, hey, previous customers is another category anything else, you know, we're wrapping up our production pipeline, or we're getting our pipeline staged up for 2024. Is there any projects that you've been yeah. thinking about for next year that I could help get you some information on or get you on the right direction? And if they say no, great, uh, wondering if you could help me out, we're really staging up a new referral program for 2024. Love to put some holiday money in your pocket. Do you happen to have anybody that you could connect me with? What about taking a picture of a check you know maybe whiting out the account number whatever you want to do and say i'd love to put and put it 500 bucks a thousand your bucks, name whatever. right <laughs> and say yeah i'd love to put your name on this check for the holidays do you have anybody you could connect me with that's been talking about making a change in their home because all it's going to take is for you to send them that check and they will be the biggest champion for you they will be the biggest cheerleader because <laughs> they want more checks yeah Where's the money come from, Brian? How am I going to do that? Right? How am I going to pay for that? Yeah. It just gets spread over other contracts. You go to your next project. If they're paying $20,000, they'll pay $20,500 for the referral of their aunt that sent you to that opportunity. Right? We don't pay for it. The clients pay for it.
0: Yeah. 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 So good. Cause I think, uh, you know, a lot of contractors are so focused on the front end of things, but a lot of the time, the Damn. back end is being neglected, right? So I'm so happy that you said that. Um, I would love if we could get that link. i will put it in the uh, description so that people can take advantage of that because it's like, you know, probably the easiest win that you could get is someone who's already in your pipeline and not focusing as much on, like, all these people out, right? So, you already
1: built the relationship with yeah, them. That's exactly, the key yeah. point, right? They already know who you are, and it's not like yeah. it's a cold DM or something like that. So uh, take it. you'd be surprised at how willing and interested people are in helping others win yeah so if if they can't i'm sure you're the same way i'm the same way somebody says hey do you got a lead for me do you have an opportunity anybody you've been talking to yeah 100 man actually i do right let me get you connected yeah because we put that out the universe man it comes back to us tenfold right we've experienced that yeah so man it's been really good chatting with you man i I love i love the topic of marketing and sales because it's it's such the lifeblood of what we do and this is these topics are the game changers that propel people to a a compelling picture of a new future in their business yeah And, and that's why i love you is because you're very dedicated to watching people win and being a part of that journey and uh and caring more about the totality of their business versus just, you know, hey, how can I get you a lead and then go do something with it, right? So good on you for that, man. It's been really cool to watch that happen.
0: Well, thank you. And yeah, likewise, man, it's always great connecting. So I appreciate that. So if someone wants to continue the conversation with you or follow some of the great stuff that you're putting out, where's the best place for them to go?
1: Now, we, we, our ecosystem really exists on Facebook and Instagram. That's where we put a lot of our content out so they can search the Contractor Life Academy uh They can leave a comment they can d m me i've got a team of people that will be able to reach out and connect with them and uh we just live, love to hear their story what challenges they have and uh we have been finding some amazing transformations happening if people are simply willing to just dig in and have a desire for change um but as as long as they have a need and an interest you know we'll we'll figure out how to get you on the right place even if it's not us so
0: Well, fantastic. Well, thanks for uh, being on the show, Brian. And guys, thanks for listening to this episode.
1: See ya.